Welcome, Dixon Jane's podcast number 802, by God, I only put out 801 a few hours ago, it's uh, Wednesday, July 29th, I guess, it's visit to the vet day, and I am so stressed that um, I just need to talk now, just to get some of the tension out of my body, oh, Putting Yuki in that little, her carrier cage with a wired door and her just pitiful, pitiful meowing, you know, let me out, I don't like this. Oh, it's so, it hurts. And I had to leave her at the vet. They said, oh, we're a little behind today. Maybe you can go home and we'll call you. And I think I, as she closed the door, they goes, you'll call me. Just honestly, oh, I, and it was—it's been bothering me for days. I've known this date on the calendar now. I, I, maybe this is just part of getting older, and anything that you have to do, there, it seems more fraught with issues or uh, concern or worry. Or what do I have to do? Am I going to get this right? My job today was get a couple of gabapentin pills into her. So I thought, okay, she loves ice cream. Mash them up. You know, their capsules, empty the stuff out, mash them up. And, of course, I couldn't fool her. They they were just, there's too much powder mixed in, didn't taste good. She had a couple of licks, and that was it. And no matter how many times I placed it in front of her, she absolutely refused to have any more. So she was in full stress mode. Uh, my fault. But I, I mean, what can you do? You, you can't, you know, she throw, she's good at throwing up. There's no way I could jab a pill down her throat. I guess I could have mixed it in with some wet food. Would have been better. Anyway, too late for that. Sorry. Um, so there she is at the vet now. And uh, instead of going home, I said, well, at least I've got the chair in the back of the car. I've got my books. Let's go to that favorite little spot I've talked about under the trees in Bluffers Park, Catside. And that's exactly where I am now. So I'll, I'll promise to keep this short because, geez, tomorrow I have more tension. Tomorrow I'm driving off to a park I've never been to before. It's only a couple of hours north of here. Uh, the horrible drive, 401 Highway 400. I mean, that is just, that's just unpleasant driving. I could take other routes to bypass the 400 series highways, but that would add at least an hour onto the trip. And, uh, you know, maybe I might do that for the way home, but uh, not for getting there. For getting there, I just want to get there. But it's like the lists I've made. I've made a food packing list. I've made a, a you know a, a packing list for the camping stuff, not wanting to leave anything behind. So all of this, because you know, you can tell by listening to this podcast, my memory is fractured, and I'm just so concerned about leaving something behind. None of it really matters other than my pills and my camera. You know, and I've got enough things in there to, to live anyway. But yesterday I did grocery shopping, by the way. Um, I told you about the Crocs my wife got me. And I thought, oh, those are convenient. Just slip those on and off I go without putting on a leg brace and tying shoes and using a shoehorn to get them on. And um, after dropping off the cart, 
I, you know, returning to my car. I guess I was going a bit too fast, and my foot moved forward inside the crock. They were a little bit roomy. And uh, I just tripped and fell, landed on my bad knee, the knee that had the surgery, right on top of the handicap sparking, parking sign, you know, the painted wheelchair thing. Bam. Another lady parked in another handicapped spot, looked at me and said, are you okay? And I'm get, I'm trying to brush this off. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no problem. No, I'm okay, thanks. And then she looked at my shoes and she said, you shouldn't be wearing those. And boy, there was no sympathy in her voice at all. It was, you idiot. Serves you right you're handicapped. Here you are. I see you almost running to your car and you fall. You fool. And so I did shout out, thank you for your concern. <laughs> but today it hurts, damn it. It was a very stupid thing to do. So one lesson learned. No, you know, the skin wasn't broken. No real harm done. But, uh, yeah, it's just another warning. Got to be careful. And, of course, that has me more concerned about the camping. Jesus, don't want to fall into the fire uh, in the dark. When when I'm in the dark and I don't have sight to help me because of the balance issue I have, it's really, really tough. Like, I can't. If I get up in my chair at night and, and uh, to head off to bed and the, the house is dark, I have to, before I even get out of my chair, turn on the light on my iPhone so I can see ahead of me. And that provides just, you know, the the brain processes a little more. Okay, I know what's ahead. Otherwise, I'm just groping, you know. God damn it, eh? Shit, the old man's talking again. Shout out to um, (laughs) Michael. I don't know if you'll hear this one, but uh, Michael was kind enough to say, hey, here's a link if you want to sell your iPhone. I've used them. Trustworthy. Uh, very kind of you. This this is a man who owns a podcast empire. Um, he might tell that story differently, but uh, somebody I've known for many years through the final countdown, uh, Mustard Mike, I guess, was one of the names he went by. <laughs> I was supposed to go to his party. I was thrilled to be invited to his party. It was very kind of him, and uh, I don't know what happened that night. I guess we had a blizzard snowstorm, and I couldn't make it. And... Um, but, uh, yeah, he's been kind enough to actually listen and comment the odd time. And also, shout-outs to two other people. I'm not going to give their names. Two people who are not podcasters who listen to this show and actually write me letters. Uh, and I am, I'm thrilled about that. People, and, it, and it's interesting because podcasters are too busy with their own podcast and waiting for their own feedback to really have a, a long exchange but uh, these two people actually talk about things that uh, that are you know get engage in conversation, and that's kind of the the most I could ever hope for from the Dixon Jane's podcast was to actually have people who listen, care enough, uh, are tolerant enough, understand my my shortcomings, my weaknesses, my my repetitions, my forgetfulness, but realize that I am actually trying to be authentic, trying to be a real person, trying to be a human, trying to be a better human, trying to still grow. And they can see that. uh, And they want to share their inner lives too. And by God, that is, that is the gold standard of podcasting to have those kind of listeners. So uh, you two gentlemen, uh, both of you know who I am. I'll just say uh, one is in Winnipeg, <laughs> and the other and the other is uh, just off Highway Seven between Ottawa and uh, Toronto. 
Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. And I'm going to shut down now and get back to my reading. But by God, uh, thank you for uh, allowing me to do this just to get rid of some of the stress of leaving my poor cat uh, with the vet uh, locked up in that little cage. And Oh, how will I make it up to her? Scarborough Dude, signing off. Uh, welcome. And uh, next time you hear from me, I'll probably be uh, at a campsite in Georgian Bay. Bye for now. Check, check. Uh, the bell is inside. I am outside, sitting in my folding chair in a place I have never been to before, and I can almost guarantee I will be back again. Not in this exact spot, necessarily. Spot number 93 in the Hawk Campground of Awenda Provincial Park. Now, my God, I'm so glad I found this. It, it was uh, Mike, uh, a friend of Gary's, people I know on Facebook, uh, who was camping here in his trailer for, I don't know, I guess at least a week. And I said, oh, that looks interesting. Awenda, how come I've never gone there? And it's only a two-hour drive north of where I live. You get on the 401, up the 400, and then a few back roads, side roads. And uh, within just over two hours, you are here, camped. And it is beautiful. I'm I'm in a spot, very isolated. Um, not a sound. You can't hear anybody. I hope my voice doesn't carry too much. And deep in the forest... Uh, when I say forest, it, it's different. These, these, it's a kind of maple. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the leaves. Aren't that big? Uh, in the sunlight, they are just bright yellow, and very, very tall. So the leaves are only uh, the foliage is just at the top of the tree. No, uh, no limbs going out. It's just growing straight up. Absolutely beautiful. I've taken a few pictures. And I'll probably post one for this podcast. Uh, so, welcome to Awenda Provincial Park. And uh, like I say, the drive here, I thought, oh, no, 400, 401. These are the, you know, high-speed highways. But I set cruise control at about 105 and uh, kept to a middle lane, and I was just fine. And then once you get off of that and onto the side roads... Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, farmland, quiet, through a few little villages. So, uh, cheers. Let's have a little toast here to uh, to welcoming you to my campground. I am drinking a very, very nice uh, 12 mile from Cameron. They say if you like lagers or if you like um, IPAs, you're good with this one. And it's true. It's a wonderful, flavorful beer. Uh, tastes, you know, more like an IPA than a lager to me, but boy, oh boy, it's nice. And that was my opening beer. I got here and I thought, what do you do when you camp? You sort of make a statement. I'm here. And you open a beer. And uh, that's just what I did. And it didn't take me too long before I thought, well, go get the recorder and start sharing, buddy. And another voice was saying, that's cheating. You know, hey, if you're really happy to be in the country, in the quiet, you don't need to be talking to anybody. But still there's that gravitational pull to uh, to reach out to you or to pull you in, maybe. That's a better way of putting it. Um, it's just, it, it feels good. And I, I needed this. I, I found... 
I, I don't know whether I'm more stressed these days. Um, we had our, I, I may have mentioned we had our um, opening book club and I was fighting it all the way, right up, right up until it was time to, you know, okay, we're starting now, we're getting into groups, you know, using Zoom. Uh, I was fighting. I was, you know, I'm, I'm just going to get off. I, I was in a state, the, the uh, pre- in preparation for it, we're using wonderful material. And you've got your inner core, which is your comfort zone. And then beyond that is stretch, and that's where you want to be. That's where you're going to do something. It's not you're just out of your comfort zone, but you you're you can handle it. You know, you feel a sense of trust. Uh, you're going to be okay. It's a little something maybe you haven't done. Maybe you're a little anxious about it, but you, you you're going to get through it. And then beyond that, panic zone. And panic is when you either attack yourself, attack others, or you avoid anything. Or you, um, God, what's the opposite of avoid? Um, any, maybe denial, I don't know. But it was, I, I found myself, I was in that zone. I was in panic zone. And it's not panic, it's, it's a shut down. They call it panic. But you're shutting down. You're not listening. You're not in the moment anymore. And uh, people don't necessarily notice, but you know inside you've shut down. You're not listening. And this is all to do with opening up your minds to the concept of of your whiteness in white fragility. And honestly, I, I can say in, a, in all truth, this is new to me. I didn't realize I was white. Now, I knew I was in Japan because you're treated differently and people refer to you as white. I knew I was in Nigeria where children ran ran alongside you and sang a song, Oyibo Pepe. Um, about, you know, you're, you're white because your, your, your mother ate too much hot pepper when she was carrying you a silly song. But anyway, you were, you stood out and you were treated differently, uh, both in Japan and there. So I'm aware of whiteness in that sense, but not in the sense of in my own home turf being white amongst white people and recognizing what that entails. And uh, honestly, the book has done an amazing job of explaining this. And now that we're doing it as a book club at the um, uh, at our church online, breaking into groups and and with questions to to examine and prepare and to share, um, it'll it'll be a worthwhile. And and I'm I'm only saying this because I I was so resistant to it, and I even wrote back to the people in running the program who I know very well and I feel close to that uh, I don't know maybe I I learn better on my own. I don't know if I really want to be in this group, but. Uh, the other voice, and the one you have to learn to listen to, whether you want to or not, uh, usually tells the truth. And the truth is, no, it would be a mistake to to not join in. Okay, now that's not what I want to talk about, but that's what came up, because that's what we do in the Dixon James podcast. We see what's coming up. You turn on the mic, you don't rehearse, you just let it flow, and uh, usually... I feel better. I don't know about you, but I always end up feeling better. So I just wanted to uh, have that beer to you. And the reason, I just sent a text uh, or an email out to a, a few friends in Vancouver uh, saying, cheers. You know, it's too early. We always joke about, you haven't your, have you had your five o'clock beer yet? It was always when you're camping, you always had your five o'clock beer. And of course, you could have that, you could have that in the morning if you wanted. We'd still call it the five o'clock beer. Uh, you know, what time are you going to have your five o'clock beer? It was the joke. So here it was just after one 
and I knew the right thing to do to declare yourself ad camp. Grab that beer and send a message. And I posted a picture holding up the beautiful can of Cameron's 12 Mile and the wonderful, brightly lit uh, maple trees in the background. And sent that to the friends and uh, said, here's to our fallen comrades. A toast to the... uh, the camping gang in British Columbia, because we had, as I've made reference to, an annual Mother's Day camping weekend that went on for decades, from a time when we were all young and just wanted to go and get drunk, and it was a three-day drunken bash out in the woods, to a time when there are mothers and children coming and, and group meals and always a, a communal bonfire, and uh, but it just it, it just changed it over the years as we got older. But there were always people falling off their chairs and, uh, you know, nonsense going on. Good, good, good fun with great, great friends who you bond with over the years. And it was always a big event. You know, who's going to Mother's Day this year? And uh, a Barnacle Bill kept stats. He has a spreadsheet of exactly who went. You know, you could get half a point if you just dropped by to visit. But, you you know, and then a point for each, a full point for each night you stayed and, you know, it began to people would say, okay, it's the weekend. Well, people would start showing up on Thursday night and getting ready. And uh, just absolutely wonderful bonding. And that that was my time in British Columbia. That, that's what we did. All this took place. And it happened by accident. It just happened to be a Mother's Day weekend, the first one. And we just said, hey, that was fun. Let's do it again. And uh, a few of us connected, and there was a merging of the Lachine tribe who migrated out to Vancouver in the early 70s. And Vancouver friends who, you know, grew up there, and we had connectors, a couple of people who connected the two groups, and we formed one bigger tribe. Uh, It was really quite wonderful. Well, since that time, we lost John, we lost Richard, we lost Peter, and we lost Kent, four of the mainstays, four of the people who sat around those campfires are dead. Uh, Different times, different places, different reasons, but all gone. So I said, here's to the fallen soldiers in this email I posted. And I got, uh, I just got an email back from Barnacle Bill. Cheers. Here's to you, old buddy. And it just about made me cry. It was just that that phrase, old buddy, that, yeah, we, we've shared so many campfires together. Bruce, Barnacle Bill and I, or Bruce, uh, we've driven across the country a few times together camping. We've, uh, he's the one when I, my last trip out there, when I went to, uh, when I went out, we went to Vancouver Island till it got rained out and uh, Adam Gratrix joined us for that. Mr. Transpondency. Uh, but we've shared a lot of times. One of the one of the people I'm talking about, Barnacle Bill here. I mean, he said, "Cheers, here's to you, old buddy." It just it. I felt the closeness. I felt the love. I felt the shared history. I felt. I mean, remember, we're, we're we finish university, we shoot on out to Vancouver, and we go crazy out there. We really, really let loose. I'm, I've said that before, and no matter what you think of us, let loose. <laughs> We let looser. Okay. Uh, It was pretty crazy. So anyway, uh, I I wanted to maybe talk about those uh, four friends. So I don't know. Maybe I've gone off for now and I'll just take a break and uh, 
if I remember, I'll come back and just give a little thumbnail of each of those people. But, uh, sorry, for now I want to finish my beer. So, uh, I'll be talking to you a little bit later in keeping with trying to maybe hold on to a topic rather than wander off too far. Let's see if I can remember my old friends. Signing off. Got to get the holy uh, firewood out and get ready to go for tonight. I have to change spots tomorrow. Uh, anytime before 2, I have to move from spot 93 to 90 uh, because I couldn't get two consecutive nights in the same spot. And what I thought I'd do and probably will do is uh, after I check out of 93, drive to the beach. It's a, it's a well over an hour walk from here. I couldn't make it. Drive to the beach, park for a while, enjoy the beach on Georgian Bay, and then drive back to my new campsite. There's the plan. Scabber dude. Signing off for now. Cheers, folks, my new friends. Of a fellow John Ferrero, we will sing. We will sing. He could ride a horse, a pig, or anything. Or anything. But whenever he would walk, the people, they would talk. For his bow legs were as rounded as a ring. And all the people called Ferreira Johnny with the bandy legs. And all the people called Ferreira Johnny with the bandy legs. Ah, 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 there was one good remedy that Mary had. Mary when her Johnny did her wrong, she'd sing this little song. And it always made him very, very mad. Go oh, pack your things and track Ferreira Johnny with the bandy legs. Go oh, pack your things and track Ferreira Johnny with the bandy legs. Hop, 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 on the left hop, hop, on the right foot. Stay in the middle of the road, Ferreira Johnny with the bandy legs. On evenings when John courted Mary White Mary White He could stay just while that light was burning bright Burning bright But one evening he forgot And did what he should not And Papa came and said that's all tonight Papa said to Mary, John is big and strong So why wait for someone else to come along Catch him now while you can After all he is a and the time is flying, don't delay too long. Too long, go. Pack your things and track Ferreira Johnny with the bandy legs. Go pack your things and track Ferreira Johnny with the bandy legs. Hop, hop, hop on the left hop, hop, hop on the right foot. Stay in the middle of the road, Ferreira Johnny with the bandy legs. John and Mary built a farmhouse made of bricks. Made of bricks. Pretty soon the two of them were in a fix. In a fix. For the farm it did not pay as the hens they would not lay. John forgot to buy the rooster for the chicks. Mary made a secret wish one early spring. That the stork to them a baby he would bring. When at last he did arrive. The old stork brought them five And the same old song poor Johnny heard her sing Heard her sing 
go. Pack your things and track forever, Johnny with a bandy legs. Go pack your things and track forever, Johnny with a bandy legs. Ah, 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 on the back of ah, 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 on the right foot, stay in the middle of the road forever, Johnny with a bandy legs. Chick, chick, chick. It is a little later on on that same day, the Thursday at uh, Wanda Park, and um, I'm going to talk about John, but uh, first I I went and listened back to the start of this episode from Bluffers Park when I'd taken Yuki to the vet, and I was stressed about, you know, the two checklists I made, and the funny thing is, by the time I left this morning, on time, by 10 o'clock or so, 10.15, um, I didn't even look at either of the checklists. I didn't bother. I had them point by point. There were so many things on them. You know, the food, probably I had done most of the things. I had already, just making the checklist made me aware, okay, put these things here because we need them in the morning. And then in the morning I knew what I wanted to raid from the fridge. Uh, And I was sort of carefree. And I I talked about those miserable drives. Well, my God, that was such an easy drive. The traffic was moving, you know, 100 plus the entire way until you got off the 400 past Barry. And um, so it was easy and smooth. You're in the middle lane. You're not stressed. I was listening to Love and Rockets the entire way and felt good. I felt kind of relaxed, I guess. And that's why I got here in a good mood. And it was so funny because uh, the day I started recording, the Wednesday, uh, the vet day, I was so stressed, so much stress. And and I was kind of hoping getting away to here, I'd feel better. And boy, it happened on the way, on the highway, in the just driving the van. Um, I used to say, I've talked about this uh I'd give a very affirmative yes, yes, and very loudly while I was driving. And it would come up uh, quite uh, organically. I mean, I didn't know exactly when I was going to say it. I didn't think, oh, you have to say yes. I just felt good. And the way of um, expressing, God, I feel good. I'm glad I'm here now and doing this is just to give a very affirmative, very positive yes. This is exactly where I want to be, doing exactly what I want, and uh, looking forward to the uh, near future, which would be, you know, wherever I was going that day. I was saying that, of course, continually on the drive to uh, Vancouver or via Route 2. Oh, hard to believe. Oh, my God. That was a year ago, a year and a half ago. No, less than that. Uh, Yeah, a year ago. Not even. Anyway, I know we're sidetracked here. That's because I did have a little toke. Um, I found I had packed uh, my lovely little road trek container with uh, pre-rolled joints in it. A little plastic thing that was meant for tissue paper or something. I don't know. And um, anyway, I had a roach and had just a couple of little puffs off the roach. Not sure if that was a good idea or not. Worried that, oh my God, I'm feeling good now. Why would you want to get a little high or buzzed? Because you might get into a place that's not so pleasant. That's happened before, you know? So it was a chance. Uh, but all it's done is had the effect of tuning in, you know? Just taking, take, putting your hand on that dial and just tuning in a little bit finer. Ah, okay, now I'm really experiencing the moment. 
Ooh, a gentle breeze coming through, and it is just that, to feel, to slow down enough. To hear, to hear the sound of the wind in the trees, to feel it against your legs. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, we were going to talk about John. I will get back to that. But uh, what happened? It's after the talk. I said, well, what, what now? Go back and listen to the two things you just recorded. And I did. And I felt very good about them. I felt I wanted to share them. I felt, well, that's an authentic voice. That person is uh, just uh, saying whatever's coming out of his head. But uh, in in kind of a nice way, kind of a, a positive way. He, he's a nice guy. I'd like to be friends with Ken. So, I did. I am glad I made that shout out to the, the two people I've sort of exchanged ideas with. Uh, some of it around episode 795, the episode I didn't release because it was just too fraught with too much emotion. Or so it seemed, and uh, I left it for anybody who wanted to could... Uh, email me and I'd send them the link. And uh, both those gentlemen did and both had a lot to say in exchange over that. So that that was good. That was sort of the content. Uh, if you're wondering what the hell, first time listener, what the hell, 795, that was around the line, around the time of Black Lives Matter and, and some of the, I would say, tension that was in the air and some of the pushback about, uh, you know, white fragility on my part. And I have moved beyond that. But there was the initial discomfort with uh, taking, sort of, I don't know, taking advice, taking lessons from my uh, my white brethren. <sighs> and, uh, yeah, some resistance, some tension, some buildup of tension. And uh, it is uh, being dealt with, and that's one more reason why I have to stay in this group and work my way through with others, hear other voices. It's just, you know, they're... they're they're, for some reason, this is a church I joined. These are people who wouldn't normally be friends. I know them because they go to this church. So it's a community. Is that a peculiar way to form a community? Uh, I don't know. There are some very special people within that group I have sort of gravitated towards. And, and you're getting to know the different personalities. And so, yes, I would say overall a big plus having joined West Hill United Church. Uh, and, I, and as I'm saying this, I'm picturing the individuals I've got to know as a result of being a member of that church and, and a valued and esteemed member of that church, I might add. And that makes me feel very good. There are people there who uh, respect me. And uh, I, I like that. That's a good feeling. Oh, my God. Uh, there's just a whiff of smoke in the air. And through the trees, I'm looking at The campsites are very well spaced. But I'm looking straight through uh, trees. I, I couldn't give you in yards. Oh, come on, you know. 200 yards, maybe, to the next site that I'm looking at now. Anyway, uh, some smoke rising up from the fire. You can just see it sort of like a filtering through the trees as it rises, you know, this little thing that's very faint, very white, very light, very uh, harmless, and good sign probably from the old days. Oh, a fire. I hope those are friendly people. Imagine that being, being, wandering back in early primitive man days, wandering, hiking, and seeing the smoke. And you'd sneak up on it, right? And and, uh, you, you, you might decide... 
oh, there's food there. We'll, we'll sneak up, we'll surround them, we'll kill them, and we'll eat their food. Or we'll take them prisoner, or we'll rape the women. It could do that, or we'll be friendly, we'll make an offering, we'll come up with our hand held high and our, our spear in one hand to show we can't throw it. And uh, hope and, and maybe give some words at a distance, safe distance, to establish some communication and see what their response is. And they may pick up spears and attack uh, for fear, you know. Who knows how it's going to go? How frightening. And how did, how did my DNA ever get through <laughs> all these earlier, more difficult times? Because um, I am a fragile human being and... Uh, you know, the connection there, of course, you pick that up. It's why I had so much resistance. I was taking pride in, in the idea of being fragile. We're supposed to own up to our fragility. And then suddenly it's a, it's a, what is it, a bad thing? Or it's certainly a label that I don't quite understand. White fragility. Like, hey, like, that's a bad thing. You've you got to get rid of your white fragility is, is my understanding. And maybe that's a complete misunderstanding. Maybe that's not the message at all. Um... The message, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going to repeat it here. I have to because it, it's so prominent in my thinking is is that woman, the author, I think it's D'Angelo or somebody, has, um, and incidentally, in my group yesterday, we got into groups. One of them was another, an ex-pastor who happened to be black, and it was very valuable having him in our group of six. Another one was a retired or an ex-nun and um, had been out of the church for a very long time, but had grown up a nun and, and was, uh, is a, a student, a, a woman studying life, and has been to courses with this same person who wrote the book on white fragility, gone through uh, her training sessions and so on. And so she had, was an interesting person. Another one, a retired principal who I know. Um, and another one is a good friend uh, who I know from the men's group. And so, uh, and who was the other... Anyway, the group of us, six of us in this thing. Ah, yes, the other one was a um, um, former, maybe a physiotherapist, I think, and uh, bright and well-educated woman who gave me very good advice about my cane. So that, that just happened to be on the Zoom. I'm sorry, I know this sounds like a tangent. I know I said I was going to talk about John, and, and they may come out as separate episodes. I have so much to say about John. Um that I almost have to save it for another time because right now, and again, this is a result of the toke, I have to just motor on my own. All the words tumbling out of my mouth right now seem very important to me, and uh, you may be thinking otherwise, but uh, there's a good feeling to it. There's a good feeling to it. There's a good feeling to being high. I think I'm, I'm see, I'm, uh, maybe I've been in a bit of a panic mode for a while. I don't know uh, if I have. I, I think I have perhaps about when I was so worried about my knee until I went to the doctor. Now, my God, I'm going deaf and need these things. And, and <sighs> coming to terms with being old and, and having a, a bit of a handicap and being wobbly on the feet, I think maybe I've been struggling a little bit with that. <sighs> And um, so I've been avoiding pot, uh, and that's fine. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, it's good that I've, I don't drink like I was referring to earlier in our Vancouver days, uh, or smoke dope that way, and so on. It, it's it's good. I've uh, I'm living a mature, more more mature life uh, now. Um, but this little buzz, just doing this right now. 
was timely and was was meant to be, and it would have been, I, I can say in all honesty, and, and a mistake not to have had a little toke while camping and have gone all the way back home. Uh, I do think, and I know this will, will will sound very strange, but I can vouch for it. Had I talked a little more often uh, when my boys were younger, I may have been a, a better, more attentive father. I think I was, as a father, I think I was very selfish with my time, and and it's sad because I think that would be my biggest regret about my own father is is that he was somewhat selfish with his time. <sighs> what a thing to say! But we're not going to. Uh, I'm not going to beat up on myself now. I'm. I'm coming to terms with that and realizing, well, that's one perspective, but it's not the entire story. Um, there are different ways of telling that story with different emphasis. And I think when I do leave this earth, I, I would hope very much that both my sons are going to think he, he, he wasn't a bad dad. I'm hoping that will be the verdict. But who knows? I think every every male has issues to work out with their own father. I think that's just a universal given. I think it's wired into the DNA. And it manifests itself in many different ways. And uh, anyway, shall we move on? Shall I maybe take a break? Because uh, if I start talking about John, I'm going to go on for another long time. Uh, I have to say, in the present moment, right now, it has been a pleasure having this ability, being able to talk to people and knowing that some people out there listening and there's always that faint hope that, oh, it'd be nice if somebody new listened and said, oh, I kind of like that. But uh, you, you can't be greedy. You can't be greedy. You celebrate what you do have. And uh, and the thing is, there's just so little cost to me putting out this podcast other than buying new music. But I mean cost and investment in work and time. It's just fun. It's just fun. The way I do podcasting, the way I do this is just so easy, you know, and uh, in the different ways I do it, it it's just, it's just great fun. I, I've, I've, I suppose that's been my contribution in my art is keeping podcasting down to now. I, it's not as simple. If, if I'm, those terms, somebody can just pick up their iPhone and put out a podcast. Even uh, Isabel, congratulations, by the way, to Dave and Isabel, 15 years as a couple cast, one of the earliest couple casts in Canada. And, uh, they just celebrated that just woo, this week, maybe yesterday, the day before, I'm not sure, but, uh, Congratulations. Well done. And it's always interesting and it's always good. And uh, it's an interesting couple. I'm very happy to, uh, again, through the medium of podcasting, to have met so many interesting people who have enriched my life. Uh, Dave is a, I guess I could go ahead and say it. There's no hiding. I don't have to give him a fake name. Uh, Dr. Dave, we nickname him. A psychology professor at Algoma University. That, like that's, oh, hey, you know a psychology professor? Oh, yeah. Dave, oh, and he knows me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and his wife, Isabel, a very, very bright French-Canadian, very much of an artist, and uh, I think has a degree in history and has gone back uh, after marriage to um, uh, start a new life, new career in, in art, and is doing some teaching. She was teaching French. I think she's involved in art projects, experimental art projects, and... Uh, uh, lots of things, and I have one of her paintings hanging on my wall, which is quite, quite wonderful. And it's one I particularly like. I like it very much. I went up to visit them. Oh, and I was thinking, by the way, 
um, if you're listening, Dave, um, I, it would be fun to go camping together sometime, maybe in the fall. If uh, if you guys are going, I know you go fairly often, and uh, I could motor on up north and uh, join you at some spot. So uh, get in touch if you have some camping plans. Um, I'm sure you'd enjoy my company. I know I'd enjoy yours. We'd keep a safe distance if we still have to in the future. All right, all right. Now, some of the listeners are saying, hey, 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 come on. This is not a public service announcement. Uh, you know, you're not private messages to individuals in the middle of a podcast. What are you doing? I thought you were going to stop. Well, it's important to get that out of the way. All right, so we'll leave it at that, and we'll come back to you. Uh, I have the feeling it won't be even on this podcast. I might have to do separate podcast clips in separate podcasts for uh, all four of the uh, fallen soldiers I mentioned earlier. Scarborough Dude signing off. I'm going to sit back and shut the fuck up for a while now. Bye for now. And a good evening to you folks. One and all. It's just past eight, and... uh, I'm sitting in front of the fire. I, I built a beautiful fire, and I've just tossed on a log, a really nice piece of wood, dry, that's going to burn for quite a while, right on top of a bit of coals. Um, you've probably followed, you know, the things my wife does around the house. One of them was chopping down a tree, which uh, I guess she may have asked me and my son to do, and I don't know, whatever. Um uh, it ended up uh, in bags. And I said, hmm. And she said, now I'm going to throw this out. Do you want to bring that camping? And I said, that would be great. So those bags were wet, mush. I got new bags. I sawed quite a few pieces to fit into the bag. A great big, you know, the, the huge bags, gardening bags that you use to put out your lawn waste. Um, I got one a full of pieces anywhere from just uh, like a thin branch, uh, maybe an inch in diameter, to others at about three inches in diameter. And uh, it's been great. I mean, it was such an easy way. And, of course, I had cardboard and paper. I made damn sure it was going to start right away. Um, but it's just... And to sit here, I've got it just arranged perfectly. Uh, my one chair, the chair I paid more than $50 to have a zipper put in, it... Um, it collapsed on me. I'm not sure if it's broken. I, I couldn't see. I would have to spend serious time investigating. So I think I'll just bring that home. And instead, I'm sitting in the road trek chair, the one they gave us when we attended the road trek um, academy back just before the uh, company went bankrupt. <laughs> so we walked away with a few nice uh, presents. This chair is one of them. Very comfortable. Anyway, um built the uh, coals using the wood that my wife gave me. The bag was really heavy and awkward for me. She, this morning, before work, heaved it up and carried it into the back of the road trek. Uh, That's the kind of woman she is. I've been reflecting on her on and off all day and thinking, oh my God, how lucky I am to be married to that woman. Um, And I don't mean that just because she carried a bag of wood into the van for me so I could go camping and have a nice fire. But because she is so special and so unique and so amazing, and uh, by God, <sighs> yeah, I, I, I won't go into that whole story now. I've shared bits of it and so on. The, but anyway, I, I am grateful. Let's just put it that way. I am ever so grateful. 
I'm being very careful. I've got to watch myself the balance. But I've got a fire poker here leaning on the chair, which I've called the Huron poker. This one I found on Lake Huron in earlier camping. It traveled all the way out to British Columbia, tended fires there, and uh, made it all the way back across Canada, tending fires. And here it is again for a new season, the Huron poker. And camping is, if you know camping, you need a good poker. So uh, anyway, god damn the bag. I guess I've gone through a third of it already. But I've got that big log on now, and it's burning nicely just sitting on the coals. I cooked a steak, and again, uh, maybe that's why I'm talking now. I just did such a beautiful job of it. It was just a steak. I took it. My wife bought three steaks cheap on sale. Um, so she said, help yourself. So I took one along, put pepper on it at home. And then here I had some Montreal chicken spice and, uh, just added a bit of that. But it was basically what I was tasting was juicy red meat. God damn. I, I know it's shameful. Uh, and in further enlightened times, maybe a hundred, 200 years from now, we will all be vegetarians or vegans or whatever they'll be, or eating artificial, you know man-made food um, but for now a piece of meat without thinking about the slaughter involved oh it was good uh, I didn't open a bottle of wine I could have in fact it's foolishly I, I left home I left at home an open bottle of my Spanish wine but have a new one unopened I'm just finishing off a chai porter beer so Steak is gone. It's crazy to open up a bottle of wine. I will get myself another beer. But I th thought I'd chat with you first, and uh, this will put a time limit on it because eventually I'll be needing a beer. <sighs> needing a beer. My God. Wanting a beer. Hey, why not? Sitting in front of a campfire. Um, very, very comfortable. The steak was cooked to perfection. I had I had that way of spicing it, and then I have this long grill that you open up uh, it's just like a wire grill you can hold over a fire and uh, close it back down again. There's a little ring that slides over so you can lock in sausages. Nothing is going to fall out of that thing. It's not like putting it on and hoping you don't trip over it. Nothing will fall out of that. So it's perfect for sausages, hot dogs, steaks, even burgers. Uh, it's a very nice fit. I've had it for a long time. It's one of my best pieces of uh, camping gear and the steak was done just right, like just cut into each slice and the blood runs out. Just juicy and uh, tasty with every morsel, every mouthful. Mm, mm, mm. So, <laughs> here's your update. No, we're not talking about John. I'm sorry. If you tuned in to hear about my good friend John and the others, uh, Richard and, uh, Richard and uh, Peter and Kent, you will have to wait. That will be coming up in another podcast. Right now I'm just grooving on the present time. Uh, by the way, I did pick up the um, book on transcendence. I've been talking about how mm, not so sure. And the chapter I am now, Peak Experience, which I referred to in the last podcast, is very interesting. Very interesting. Built on the work of um, James, I guess, right? Uh, 1902, The Varieties of Religious Experience. And um, Asimov, of course, Asimov. No, he's the science fiction writer. Sorry, Maslow. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Maslow uh, was an atheist all his life, so he didn't want to call them religious experiences, but he, he, he came up with the terminology. So some very interesting quotes. I may be reading them to you at a later date. Um, going through with my yellow highlighter. So uh, between the first beer at 1 o'clock and the second beer at 7 o'clock, I sat in my chair and I read for quite a bit. And that was a wonderful, wonderful way to spend the time with the the sun shining through the trees. You weren't seeing the sun directly. You weren't being burned, but it was behind these very tall trees. And um, it was a very pleasant afternoon. I even went in and had a little bit of a, a siesta. So uh, all in all having a wonderful time here at Awenda Provincial Park and very glad I came and honestly feel that, oh my God, a whole lot of stress has just evaporated. So, Scarborough Dude. Ooh, only eight minutes, this one. Good. Uh, I'll get back to you a little later because we ain't done yet. I'll have another beer and throw another log on the fire and I'll have something else to say. Bye for now. Uh, yeah, just a, a little P.S. here. I thought it important to share with you um, the label information on the beer I'm drinking now, my third beer. Um, it's from Great Lakes Brewery. It's called Haze Mama, a New England IPA, handcrafted strong beer. Now, the picture is very psychedelic. There's a picture of a woman... Yeah, I just tripped out completely. Those round, circular, sort of John Lennon-type glasses that are mirrored, um, flowing hair that's uh, become an object of art, actually. A black dress with uh, oh things floating all over it and polka dots. Anyway, it's a wild, wild image, and one of the reasons I bought it. Um, and I'll read it to you what it says on the back. Only when light is combined with dark is the universe perfect and complete. Hayes Mama is an example of the sacred science of object interaction. This IPA features a unique yeast strain that is the essential ingredient in accessing a balanced and divine state of consciousness. It uses this ability to conjure a distinctive tropical profile by softening the bitterness while intensifying the hop bouquet. Hayes Mama grants us access to levels of perception otherwise unavailable to others, putting an end to imbalance. Haze is our contact point with clarity on this visceral olfactory journey. Wow. And just at the bottom, end of paragraph, furthermore, brownies taste good. Okay. So some guy whose job it was to uh, write up something about the beer to describe it got high and came up with that. That's why the little brownies taste good at the end. Well, you didn't know to be told that, did you? You figured that out for yourself, didn't you? All right, that's all. Just need to share that beer label with you. Number three, doing just fine pacing myself. Had one at one o'clock.
one at seven, now one at eight. Thank you very much.